Dylan Rounds, age 19, has not been seen or heard from since May 28, 2022. He is missing from Lucan, Utah, near the Utah-Nevada border. His family is very concerned for his safety. everybody welcome to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in crime katie weaver hey katie hello how's it going uh good i sound hoarse i'm hoarse but i'm fine just uh disregard <laughs> <laughs> disregard the hoarseness yes <laughs> yes all is well, well. Good. Glad to hear it. I know that you had a fun night uh, at the witch's market. We were talking about that on here. Yes, the witch's market was great. Probably why I'm hoarse. <laughs> Got to see a lot of old friends and make some new ones. And yeah, it was yeah. great. I have no complaints. Even this uh, very erratic Idaho weather held for us. So It sure did. That was really nice. Yeah, beautiful night. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad to hear it. Well, I am good, too. I'm getting ready to hop on a plane and go visit my friend JJ. You guys all have seen her now on the Psychic Hour a couple of times. And yeah, we've really had a lot of fun. So I'm excited about that. I'm getting out of here to a warmer place for a few days. True. This what is a good. concept it is. You won't know what to do with yourself. I know. I'll probably just sweat my guts out, to be perfectly mm -hmm. honest. I'm going to be way too hot. Yeah. And I brought like super, you know, summery clothes, but I'll still like mm -hmm. what we've been having here. Yeah. That'll be yeah. okay. That will be okay. So this is, this is our Monday episode, but it will be airing on Friday. And uh, the reason for that is the nature, excuse me, of the case that we're covering is a missing persons case. And it just feels much more urgent yeah. than some of our cases do because it's, it's happening right now. And so we wanted to get it out quickly to help um, spread the word about this missing young man. So it might seem weird that you see a case go live from us on a Friday because we don't usually do that. But that's why. And it might seem weird to not see a case show up on Monday. But this is also why. So this is just early release. This is Monday. This is Monday. <laughs> I'm sorry if you think it's Friday, but it is actually Monday here no. on. No. Yeah. We simply yeah. cannot steal the weekend from anyone. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, forgiven. okay, you got a good point there. Good point there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but before we get to that, Katie, I hear a rumor that you have some WTF news for us. Oh, do I? So, <laughs> I want to share a picture with you here, but I'm going to talk a little bit about a sheriff or a former sheriff, if you will, named Dorian LaCourse. Mm. Dorian LaCourse, well, he was a sheriff. He's now a convicted felon. Oh, I'll boy. show you. This is Dorian. Okay. Dorian was convicted this week of being involved in a scheme to help two firearms dealers to acquire and sell more than 200 machine guns oh good god this happened in addiston ohio 
Addiston is a tiny, tiny town in Ohio where Dorian has been the sheriff for quite some time. And unbelievably, he was able to plead this down to where he will not spend a day in prison for what he did. Imagine. I mean, I can't can't imagine that he's got any special treatment going on. Mm-hmm. What a jackass. There were 17 charges total, all of them stemming around things like conspiracy, making false statements to the ATF, and things of that nature. So here's what he did. He had teamed up with a couple of federally licensed firearms dealers in his area, and he was using his position as a police officer or as a sheriff to help these guys to acquire guns that otherwise they would not have been able to purchase. So essentially these are guns that law enforcement can get their hands on that others cannot. Now this tiny little area didn't have the money, the means, or even the staff for the kinds of guns that he was requesting to, uh, to, to see and, and requesting to have demonstrations on but he was allowing these uh, dealers to come in and essentially purchase these guns and sell them under the table. So 200, more than 200 machine style guns are, are out there here in the U S thanks to this guy. Oh my gosh. Guns that no one should have. No. What could possibly be the purpose of owning a machine gun as a private citizen. You can think of only one. So the indictment says smaller machine guns, automatic assault style rifles, and belt-fed machine guns for military use. Oh my god. One of the guns was an M2 50 caliber belt-fed heavy machine gun that has to be mounted on a vehicle or a ship. What? I mean, what are they smuggling those out of the country? Like, who's, what are you going to do with one of those? Mounted on the top of your pickup? I mean, what? Right? I, I what can't even imagine. Hell? Yep. That's horrifying. Yep. The dealers in question, the ATF uh, thinks that they made upwards of $2 million on these guns. Oh, my God. And this idiot, okay, I, Granted, he shouldn't have made anything, but as far as criminals go, he's terrible. They made $2 million and he made 11000 <gasps> <laughs> Well, he's just an idiot all the way around then, isn't he? <laughs> right. I mean, was it worth the $11,000, dude? Really? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This reminds me of the uh, maple syrup heist in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. So there you have it. Now, his attorneys argue that none of the guns in question have ever actually been used in a crime. Therefore, what he did wasn't that bad, guys. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, where are those guns? Should we just start charging him then every time one of them turns up? And how do that we they know want? they haven't been used in a crime? Right. We don't know that. that that's only no, crimes that's that have been prosecuted anyway it, it's all so disgusting the fact that he's doing no prison time he was facing uh, 15 years 
and managed to, by pleading guilty to a few things, get the rest of it dismissed. It, that the is whole thing. such bullshit. He should get a stiffer penalty, not a lighter one, for right? being a sheriff when he did this. This sounds wow. like a, you know, one of your classic cases of the good old boys. Certainly uh, knows. But in light of that, because he figured out these loopholes or the arms dealers did and they helped him, you know, with it, whatever, it sure is worrisome and makes you wonder how often that's happening. Right. If he got People away with People are using it? their position in the military or in, less likely in the military, I think, but in like little counties like this with very little oversight and very few uh, officers in general. Yeah, that's totally like where this. it would happen. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. It really is. I mean, the the caliber of these guns. They're war machines. I and mean, I guess I'm just feeling more sensitive to it for than ever, just because of all of the gun violence we've seen in the U.S. in the last two weeks. And, and now this. Yeah. And know. now law enforcement officers are helping get those guns yeah. on the streets. Holy yeah. shit. I'm sure a lot of other officers would have something to say about that. You know, I would think that that most police would be furious about that horrified for making their jobs harder and making life much more dangerous for them. Definitely, with machine guns out there. Good God, this this puts law enforcement at risk across the board, and the military besides Mm -hmm. civilians. Like it's just it's so bad in every way, and this dude's not going to sit in prison for a minute. Yeah, that's bullshit. Absolutely. So that's why we called it WTF News. Because it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to kick the mic over to you for our main case. Okay. So our main case today is the uh, disappearance of a young man named Dylan Rounds. Dylan was last heard from by his grandmother on May 28th. Had a very brief phone call with her. Dylan is a very motivated person. I think that's pretty obvious. He is 19 years old and he is farming 640 acres in Southern Utah. Wow. By himself. I mean, he's hired people to help him. I think a little bit, but he's living on his land at his camp trailer Mm -hmm. and he's getting his first um, crops in the ground. Like Mm -hmm. he is on it. And Mm -hmm. His That's mom, ambitious, really ambitious. And I spoke with his mom, Candace, last night, and she was just telling me that how important this is to him. That he absolutely was insistent upon doing it. He has always wanted to be a farmer and have his own mm-hmm. farm. This is his life goal. Yeah. So on the 28th, he talked to his grandma and said he had to go hurry and get his grain truck into a shed thing to get it out of the rain because he had seed in the back of it. And uh, he didn't want that seed getting wet because it would make mm-hmm. it sprout. Sure. And then nobody heard from him for several days. And that got everybody real worried about mm-hmm. him, you know, because he, he, where he lives, he does have good cell service, even though it's way out. Mm-hmm. He lives 28 miles from the nearest town, mm-hmm. but he does talk he regularly talks to his mom and his dad mm-hmm. his grandparents and his friend jd mm-hmm. and so on the 30th his mom candace receives a phone call that no one has heard from him since the 28th 
And Mm. he, they found his pickup. It was locked and he wasn't anywhere near it. Some people that, um, some men named Don and Jim, uh, men that have, have been helping him and that know Mm. him had been trying to make contact with him for a couple of days. Couldn't find him and found his pickup locked. Mm. And so on the 30th, mom gets a call. And so she heads to, uh, Lucan, Utah, which is not even really, I don't even think Lucan is a town. Maybe it is, but it's a very, very, this is a very remote area. Right. Very rural. Mom told me, his mom told me that think about the movie, the Hills have eyes and that's what this looks like. So it's just like desert Mm -hmm. with surrounded by mountains and there's just Uh nothing out there. It's all farm ground. So search and rescue came that day on the 30th and they searched for him until about 10 30 PM that night. And uh, the family is staying out at the farm, um, you know, looking for him and searching Mm -hmm. for him. Search and rescue came back on the 31st and looked and searched for about two thirds of the day. And then they called off the search and said, we've, we can't find him. And just kind of left. Mom is very frustrated because she's getting this response from law enforcement. And boy, have we heard this before. Well, he is just a young man. Maybe he just took off somewhere and he'll be back. You know, his vehicle is locked in there. His home is locked in Mm -hmm. there. His grain truck is locked in there. Wallet Mm -hmm. and phone are missing. So probably with him. Mm -hmm. I did ask where the keys to the pickup are. And mom couldn't tell me. This is something that law enforcement is looking into and so there's something there Mm -hmm. but we will give you a little scoop because we are the only ones that have been told this his work boots were found a ways back behind the shed where his grain truck is parked like the boots that he would have been wearing when he was driving that grain truck Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And mom said they looked like they'd just been thrown and just landed out there. Mm-hmm. This is four and a half miles from his trailer. Wow. And he would have been shoeless. Yeah. So Dylan's parents are staying there, you know, working with police. They've kind of got police from uh, Utah and Nevada working with them because they're right on the border. Sure. And... um you know, they're trying to get more active involvement. And and some of them, you know, they did have a search from Search and Rescue. Um, there were supposed to be bloodhounds coming out from Weber County, which is Utah. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened yet. Um, but what did happen yesterday is the Diesel Brothers, who you might have heard of. They have a uh-huh. very well-known YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. They are in Utah themselves. Yeah. They brought their helicopter out mm-hmm. and searched the whole area out there. And they that was yesterday and they didn't find anything. 
Those so, guys are amazing to help out with stuff. You guys might remember they, they searched uh abandoned uh mine shaft not too long ago for Susan Powell's body. Yes, yes, they're the ones that yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. Well, they've helped um parents are trying to get uh some drones mm -hmm. out and you know, trying to get bloodhounds, but there's this hesitance that, oh, well, he just might have just taken off for a little while. And mom says, this kid is, he's, this is planting season on his farm. If you know anything about farmers, they're not going to just take off. No. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Entirely. Well, you know, just like, uh, you know, that also happened, uh, not in Utah, but in Nevada, their neighbors over in uh, the Elko area with Naomi Arion. When right. she was kidnapped a few months ago, the, uh, you know, they immediately went to that same thing that she can just wander off or whatever. And they had launched a hashtag that they, you know, are asking people to use in this case. And it's the trust the family. Yeah. And we hashtag. can certainly, excuse trust me, we can family. certainly be using that for Dylan as well. Well, yeah, because. Families know their family members. Well, they do. And, you know, like Candace told me, she said, you know, we hear from somebody in our circle hears from him every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His grandparents live kind of out in that area. Mm -hmm. And and so he talks to them quite a bit. And of course, mom and dad are both here in Idaho. Mm -hmm. They're local to us. This is one reason this case came to us is, and thank you to one of our listeners who, mm -hmm. who hooked us up with mom, because we love to talk to family if we can. No, yeah. We always get more accurate information that way. Sure. Um, but, you know, so his grandparents are out there. So he does talk to them more. And then, of course, his best friend. Yeah. Uh, they had pinged his phone and they it, it gives them like a 15 mile radius, basically where they already are. Mm -hmm. But there's more in-depth work being done on the phone. I was going to say the FBI should be able to narrow that into. Yeah. And I don't know that the FBI is involved at this point. Mm, maybe not yet, but. But yeah. hopefully they will be. You know, mom said, I don't care what it takes. We will find him. She said, I will never stop until we do. Yeah. And I told her, you know, we've seen a lot of cases like this. Mm -hmm. And the best thing that you can do is be loud. Yep. Speak up, especially because, as it turns out, Dylan is not the only missing 19 year old young man in that area. Yeah, so this is like, interesting. This yeah. is interesting. And we don't know that these are connected, but it, it, it would be stupid not to be keeping an eye on these, on this case as well. Mm -hmm. So this is Aiden Clune. He went missing on April 27th near Curry, Nevada, which is about two hours from where Dylan is, or, you know, where Dylan's missing from and his, his yeah. farm is. They found his vehicle abandoned along US 93. They believe, police believe that he uh, wandered out into the desert and took his own life. Oh, gosh. And, and maybe he did. And I, you know. But they can't prove that. But they can't actually prove it. They have searched uh, the area. They have, sus they suspended the, the search way back in April mm -hmm. or maybe early May um, and didn't find him. They did follow footsteps that they believed were his that were lost in the Cherry Creek Mountains, which is several miles west of the highway. Mm -hmm. 
Um, they do think it was um, a mental health crisis that, you know, that's what the police are going with on this. And I don't know why that is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's information from family because there's just not that well, much information about him. Is it? I mean, too what often. Is it? Right. Right. Too often. It's just so easy to say it. Right. It is. And so it's important to note that it's always important to note disappearances that are happening in the same area, mm-hmm. you know, same age, kind of same thing, just disappears into thin air. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to, you know, mention that um, there's been kind of a rumor going around also that mom wanted us to address. Um, there were some people in the, a local town that said that a man named Chase Venstra should be looked at and maybe should be a suspect because he was someone who was apparently known to get a ride from Dylan and and did get a ride from Dylan last week. And there were a lot of things said about this man that were, you know, implying that he had something to do with it. So Chase Venstra got a hold of Candace Cooley, who is Mm -hmm. um, Dylan's mom. Mm-hmm. and said, hey, I want to tell you what I know. I'm going to talk to the police. I didn't know anyone was looking for me. He's been away. He was 200 miles away. He has mm-hmm. very much an alibi here. But he said that he got a ride from Dylan on Saturday afternoon. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry. Wednesday morning. Okay. People kept saying it was Saturday. It was Wednesday. So it was several days earlier. It was before Dylan went missing. Yeah. And people had heard from him since then. You know, well, the news was even reporting that he was a stranger that was acting weird and was asking around town about Dylan. And like this really got conflated into something that it, it is not. It definitely did. Yeah. Um, turns out that actually Chase and um, Dylan know each other. And, uh, you know, Chase said Dylan is my friend. He said my son even worked for him last summer a bit. And so he was very, he, he talked to Candace. He was, mm-hmm. he's talked to uh box box elder County police now, like this is a non-starter yeah. and we don't want to distract with something like that. Right. That's the when, worst part. I mean, also Chase doesn't deserve to be defamed, but right. on top of that, uh, going for the false flag, just it, it ends sometimes investigations just like writing things off as a suicide can just end an investigation right these are the things we can't allow in these cases until they are solved right because if you assume you know without proof and stop looking for someone that's such a huge mistake because until someone is found we do not know what happened to them you know Mm -hmm. So this is what we know at this point. I'm still in contact with Dylan's mom and we will update. I've told her we'll do more episodes or we'll do updates on the update show, depending on, you know, when information comes in. But uh, she and Dylan's dad are very motivated Mm -hmm. to find him and they're not going to give up and they're not going to let law enforcement give up. And I I think that's really smart. You know, Mm -hmm. one thing I asked her was, what about forensics? Have they been out to examine the grain truck and his camper and his pickup? You know, the only thing that has been taken into evidence by the police that we know of Mm -hmm. are his boots. 
Mm. Like, why would you not be checking the other vehicles, at least for fingerprints? Yeah, something. Something, you know. His camper, where he was living, has not been ransacked. It doesn't, there's no indication that anything happened there. Mm -hmm. It appears that it happened out on his farm where he Mm -hmm. parked the grain truck. Although, we don't know if it was him that parked the grain truck. Someone did. True. So this is an old grain truck. And Katie, this will sound very familiar to you because I asked, I was asking, like, where are the keys to everything, you know, mm-hmm. and the keys are in the grain truck. But mom said it doesn't really matter because you just start it with a screwdriver anyway. <laughs> and that I thought, was yeah. my thought. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We, when we were little girls, we lived on my grandparents' farm. And yeah, there was a lot of that going around. Yeah, that tracks. Mm-hmm. But this is very scary because there really is nothing to go on. At this point, in until yeah. they get, they can get the GPS stuff on his phone. That will mm-hmm. certainly help. I hope there's going to be some forensics done on the boots. What about the vehicles? Like, oh, figure it out, people. Speed this right. up. Yeah. So for sure. please share. I'm going to share the uh, missing poster. There is a twenty thousand dollar reward for information, and. Uh, so he was last seen on 525, but he spoke to his grandma on 528, according okay. to mom. So Dylan is 5'10", 160 pounds, brown hair and brown eyes. And we're just showing the missing person in the um, video or image in the um, video right now. But I will also put in the show notes um, in, who to call if you have any information. We know yeah. we have listeners in Idaho and Utah and Nevada. And if you saw anything, if this kid's face looks familiar to you, please make a phone call. Please help Dylan's family in any way. If you know anything, yeah, please speak up. That's This is so, so very important. Mm-hmm. And, Even things that don't seem important or, or noteworthy. Right. You don't know if that's just one piece of a bigger puzzle that helps right. to fill a gap. So don't ever hesitate. No, Even if you're you... wrong, don't hesitate. These things are important. It's right. law enforcement's job to decide if this is credible or not. So don't, or don't you decide. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you are in the uh, Lucan area, if you are in the, let me tell you the name of, excuse me, the little town in, oh, Montello, Nevada, mm-hmm. is the closest little town. It's 28 miles from, from Dylan's farm. Um, if you've been in that area in the last week and seen anything that seemed off, please even just call your local police. Yeah. And I will post uh, the phone numbers also in the show notes, but we want to, we want to help Dylan's family in every way that we can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, Katie, I hear you have some more WTF news for us. I do. (laughs) Have you ever bought in the supermarket pizza dough? Just pre-made dough so you could just come home and make your own thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I've seen it. I don't know if I ever bought it, but I've seen it. Yeah, that's a thing. You can get that Mm -hmm. in a lot of places, right? Well. Who would have thunk that people were uh, rolling out their dough and discovering there were razor blades and screws in it? What the hell? Oh, that is terrifying. Yeah, that's not cool. Mm-mm. So Nicholas Mitchell has pled guilty. 
to putting razor blades in pizza dough. It's not just razor blades, it's also screws. And he did this in Hannaford supermarkets in five different states. Oh my hell, for what purpose? I mean, you are going to know as soon as you start rolling it out. It's not like anybody's going to bite into that. Right? Well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, you would think you'd see them. Well, but, you know, you also think about working with dough. With your hands. With your hands. Ooh, yeah. yikes. Yeah. So he was a former employee of a place called It'll Be Pizza that makes several brands of dough. Wow. That were being sold. So why did he do it? Unsure. But uh, he said that uh, he will not appeal a sentence that is no greater than four years and nine months. That's what court documents say. So basically, <laughs> he's pleading guilty if he can stay out of prison for less than five years. Because he was looking at more like a 10-year sentence. So, Since when does the offender get to choose his sentence well it was a part of the plea agreement so he pled um, guilty to one count they dropped one count and we're trying to get a sentence that was uh you know that that he and his team would approve of so I no see. word on whether anyone was actually hurt by this right but uh it doesn't matter i mean that's what no i mean you're literally threatening people's lives Probably also sure. Whichever correctional facility gets him, I would recommend not letting him work in the kitchen. You know they will. Right? Like, <laughs> probably will. You know they will. Yes. Well, he'll want to. He'll be immediately be like, hey, I used to work for a pizza dough company. I know how to do kitchen stuff. <laughs> Especially good at putting razor blades and screws in pizza dough. <laughs> like, no, Nicholas, that's what got you here in the first place. Right. I'm sorry, but um, there is no cooking show that you're going to win for doing that. Right. So what in the actual hell? I don't know. I don't get it either. But now, you know, that happened. Wow. That is really strange. Mm -hmm. Really strange. Well, I'm going to show Dylan's picture one more time here so y'all can see it. This is Dylan Rounds. So please, if you are in the southern Utah and Nevada, northern Nevada area, please keep an eye out for this young man. And if you know anything, call the police immediately. There is a $20,000 reward for information on him about his whereabouts. And we just send all our love out to the Rounds family and to the Cooley family. And we'll do everything that we can to help get the word out to help to find Dylan. Certainly. Yeah. All right. Well, this is our Monday episode airing on Friday. We will be back on Tuesday with another episode as well as Wednesday. And then Wednesday night, we'll be back with Wednesday night case updates and Thursday night with the psychic hour. So we have lots more great content to come. So keep an eye on what we've got coming up. Mm -hmm. We are true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,